Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend slash my co-host, Devin, and today we're here to break down and give our insights on Marvel's first um, cinematic special, cinematic TV special, uh, Werewolf by Night. It's it's the middle of spooky season. We are recording this on October 7th. As of this recording, you can go watch Werewolf by Night on Disney+. Plus. It's around 53-ish minutes or so, and are we in for a treat, Devin? It, it was... It, Mar- Marvel has finally decided to join us for spooky season. I know. They're here. Finally. Like, actually, finally. This isn't like, a, oh, we're going to do like a Lego Star Wars, um, you know, Halloween celebration. Like, no, this is like... Orig- like old school, like 30s and 40s, like monster movies type of horror. And it's the perfect gift for spooky season. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, uh, follow us on Twitter and follow us on Instagram at film optics, that is optics with an X, or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie related questions. Devin, how you been? It's Friday, man. We freaking made it. Oh, yeah. A spooky oh, yeah. Friday. The first spooky Friday. Yeah. So, I mean, as of October 7th, right now, um, people can go watch uh, Werewolf by Night on Disney Plus. Of course, that's what we're talking about today. They can watch the Midnight Club, a 10 episode series by Mike Flanagan and Leah Fong that is streaming on Netflix. And you can watch Hellraiser that's on Hulu. That may be more for the adult listeners out there. But Speak, speaking of, of adult, I'm actually going to see a movie tonight called Terrifier 2, which is a very... Very gnarly uh, slasher movie. The first one was on Netflix. It was on Netflix at one point. I remember watching it when it first came out. It's just like super, super gory slasher movie with a killer clown. So it's, oh my. I'm excited. You know, I think I saw that on Flickster. I think I saw that on my app today because I was seeing what came out in theaters this weekend. And Amsterdam comes out this weekend as well as something else. And I'm blanking on the name. But I think Amsterdam is the, uh, the I guess, the one, like the big, or not blockbuster, but I guess more of an indie film. Yeah. Yeah, that's coming out this weekend. But yeah, um, as we are recording this, you know, we've we've both watched Werewolf by Night. I myself have actually watched it twice because I enjoyed it so much. Um, so the way we're going to kind of just break this down, we're going to get to our initial reactions. Um, and then we're going to get into, if, if there's a few spoilers, we're going to kind of feel our way around this episode. But if we do get into spoilers for this episode, we'll definitely let you know. Just just give it a watch. It's under an hour. It's super easy. It's very, very easy. We're, you know, we're we're just giving the our, our our thoughts here today because we're in the midst of spooky season and it's finally the second weekend of October. So Devin, are you ready to dive into this review? Let's do it. Let's transform. <laughs> Let's transform. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this introduction to Werewolf by Night. This Halloween. 
You can't escape the shock, the terror of Werewolf by Night. Tonight, it is every hunter for themselves. Good luck. I'll be rotting for you. But one of you is a monster masquerading as one of our own. I can't wait to find out what breed of evil you are. Please don't do this. Death is coming for you! Werewolf by Night. And we are back. You just heard a little snippet of Werewolf by Night, which is directed by the amazing, the powerful, the the fantastic Michael Giacchino. If you don't know who he is, he is directorial debut. Yeah, it's directorial debut. Um, For those who don't know who Michael Giacchino is, he is a film composer and has worked on many projects. Um, Some recent ones he has worked on uh, would have been the Spider-Man No Way Home. The whole trilogy, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. The whole trilogy for the Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy. He's also worked on the Batman um, for that soundtrack and... Thor, Love and Thunder. And Doctor Strange, the first one. Oh, that's right. That's right. He's been all over the place. He's just a veteran. He really is. And like Devin said, this is his directorial debut. Um, I was watching Chris Stuckman's review, and apparently I found a little bit of uh, information that I guess Giacchino's always wanted to be a director. He's never, you know, obviously he's more of a music composer, but he's always... um, Directing has always been something he's wanted to do for a very long time. And this being a directorial debut, I think this is perfect. I think it's mm-hmm. a very nice entry uh, level uh, when it comes to directorial debut, especially for Marvel. You know, this this is unlike anything else we've ever seen. It's a special presentation, as the uh, title card says when you're first watching it. And I was like, wow, this is this is something very special. It was a, it was a cool new title card, too, they made for it. And speaking of. um. Speaking of Giacchino, I found out that he and uh, Gael Garcia Bernal, who plays the lead character, Jack Russell. Great name, by the way. Jack Russell. It's just perfect. But um, they worked together on Coco. Giacchino composed Coco and Gael played, um, I believe it was Uncle Hector. So they they have that connection from back then. Look at that. Working together again. And the writers for this um, Marvel TV special, I guess you could say, not necessarily a movie, but I guess it is a TV special, uh, include Peter Cameron and Heather Quinn. And the story is as follows. Um, It follows a superhero uh, or a A lycanthrope. Yes, (laughs) it follows a lycanthrope superhero who fights evil using the abilities given to him by a curse brought on by his bloodline. And of course, this stars Gael Garcia Bernal. It's it's interesting that they call him a superhero in the description. Yeah, that's what it says on IMDb. I mean, I guess you could say in a way he kind of saved the day or 
fled the scene. I don't know. Whatever tickles your fancy. But it also uh, includes Harriet uh, Sampson Harris as well. So very like, I mean, Laura Donnelly, I've I've seen her in Tolkien and she plays uh, the main or one of the main characters uh, in this um, special Elsa. Uh, Every time I think of Elsa, I just think of Frozen. But she was also in uh, The Nevers. I'm not sure if you saw that uh, TV show. It was on HBO um, Max. I think the first season's still there. I think it was directed by Josh Whedon. Uh, pre or yeah, pre problematic. I don't really know what was heck going on there, but that's where I remember her from. So, um, like we said, we're going to get to our initial reactions first. So I'm going to pass it over to Devin so he can give his initial reactions for Werewolf by Night. Yeah, for me, there really isn't much not to love here for this one. Um, it's it's short and sweet, under an hour, it clocks in at, and you just get a lot of great stylistic, just kind of old school horror and some cool action and it's just a great, some great storytelling overall. You get a nice kind of twist in the middle there with, with what the intentions are of these characters. I think Elsa Bloodstone um, was great. Had a great character to introduce. She's kind of just like a monster hunter based on her dad, uh, Ulysses Bloodstone. Uh, kind of gets passed on to her, and she has to decide what she wants to do with the, with the Bloodstone that she wins. Um, it's just great to see it's all it's all black and white and you get the the red from the bloodstone and the end some of the blood very wandavision esque and obviously others before that but I really liked some of the fight choreography they had in this one specifically with Elsa Bloodstone scenes there's just some really cool shots in there where she's just kind of being real agile and smooth and just kind of out outworking all these other uh, monster hunters in the in the in the scene and just. There's some there's some pretty good deaths in this one, especially for Marvel. Like they stepped up and they gave us some cool deaths and some cool shots here, especially towards the end when there's uh there's some blades that, that go through people and it's very very interesting to see. It was a, it's actually TV fourteen, so Marvel's actually moving on up. I think Giacchino was expecting it to get M, but I believe because it was in black and white and the blood is is more covered up. That's how they were able to get it to TV 14. But yeah, overall it was just a very cool and style stylized story. I would have to agree with you there. And I was actually wondering about that while when you just mentioned when it comes to it being TV 14, because there is a lot of blood in this, um, in this TV special. And I was wondering, I'm like, I, I was thinking, I bet they were able to get away with it because it's black and white, like you said, and because it is hard to see. Because it, there are some pretty gruesome deaths in this uh, TV special. I actually tweeted about this on our main account um, over at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X. You can follow us over there on Twitter. Um, I said that Werewolf by Night is uh, this year's definitive horror extravaganza, which I definitely still hold true uh this is a tv special uh confident um homage to the classic horror films which would be like the universal horror films like wolfman etc and i honestly enjoyed every single minute of it like i really hope that the mcu starts to do more experimental projects like this in the in the future because i think michael giacchino did an excellent job uh for it being his directorial debut yeah even even exploring the monster side of of marvel like there's so much they can do and there's even a handful of characters that can continue on from this one that hopefully get some more shine in the future yeah i mean and the the entire premise i mean it's a very simple premise you know you have um ulysses bloodstone has passed away and they're trying to figure out 
who to pass down the bloodstone to. So you have these other characters uh, that are gathered together by the calling of his um, his wife, or his, I guess his second wife, Ulysses. Or as far as we know, Ulysses Bloodstone is is in the comics. He's He's been around for thousands of years. Um, so, and, and the bloodstone itself, like I guess, it kind of gives you powers and and is used to fight off monsters and is kind of their weakness. Yeah, and blesses you with long uh, life as well. Well, I, I really like you know it's just flows so well together. You know, they come together. They're trying to figure out who to give this bloodstone to, and then of course um, Elsa Bloodstone being away from the family for so long, she comes back. And you know she wants a piece of that of that action. Like, why would you not? Like, yeah, I want to. I want to shout at the Bloodstone. Uh, her and her stepmother don't always see eye to eye, but you see the friction there for sure. Um, I, I will say, as much as I did love it, there's two things I had issues with. Number one would probably be um, I wish we would have gotten a little bit more time with the other monster hunters because I feel like they were kind of just there as obstacles. Uh, we didn't really see who they were as people we get one of the scottish esque yeah he was probably the one we got the most time with because he had a conversation with jack at one point and jack comes off as such a sweet and caring just person overall it with with him and, and ted of course yeah i guess we can dive into spoilers <laughs> there with uh get the reveal of a man thing which is very cool yeah, so let's actually get into spoilers. Uh, as I mentioned before, we weren't entirely sure if we were going to do spoilers for this. Um, I guess this will be like the only spoiler thing. He might be the star of the show, so I feel like we got to bring it up. Yeah, I, I think so. So, ladies and gentlemen. That is your first spoiler warning for Werewolf by Night again. That is your second spoiler warning for Werewolf by Night. So if you haven't seen it, definitely go watch it. By the time this is out, uh, we're going to be dropping this on probably like earlier on in the week, um, like probably like the week of like October like 10th. So you have a few days, you know, we're just kind of doing our pre-recording to get this stuff out for you guys so that you guys can get excited and start, you know, just get in the mood for spooky season. You know, it's Oktoberfest is happening here and uh, where, where I live as well this weekend. So I'm very excited for that. But yeah, so let's talk about Ted or AKA man thing. Um, <laughs> I thought he was a delight, honestly, between him and Jack Russell. Yeah. He, he shows up. It's, it's a nice twist. Cause he shows up, he grabs Jack Russell and you think, Oh, he's in trouble. But then he's like, Oh, we're, we're good friends. We're just reconnecting again. Cause it turns mm-hmm. out that Jack Russell is not actually here for the monster on. He's here to save the monster because he himself is a monster. It's just a nice little twist in the middle there. And that's the thing I've liked, you know, you, you have Elsa coming in, you know, obviously she's trying to take what is technically rightfully hers by birthright, but you know, everything happening, happening between her and her stepmother. We don't really see what happened in, in between the years. This is kind of like the, the aftermath after everything, but we, we start to see, you know, the, the relationship between Jack and Elsa form. And then of course, Ted kind of comes into the mix. And then uh, also with a stepmother uh, played by uh, Harriet, um, Samson uh, Harris, I think she did a fantastic job as well. Um, it, it, you know, th- there are a few characters that outshine the others, but 
when it comes to, like you said, with, with these characters, especially with Ted, we see the relationship between Ted and Jack Russell. And then Jack Russell and Elsa start to gain a little bit more of not necessarily like a French. Well, I would say more of like a friendship or familiarity with each other, like acquaintanceship. Yeah, acquaintanceship, uh, for sure. You know, they have a nice little conversation when they're uh, locked in the crypt together. And, you know, they, they, they've gained a mutual respect for each other. And then after, you know, when they're able to free Ted, because Ted had the bloodstone attached to him. And that was kind of like the game they were playing, like, in the maze with, with the other monster hunters and whatnot. And that I thought that was I, th- I thought it was a pretty nice little uh, dynamic. But the second half, you know, after Ted has been freed is where things really get interesting because they find out that Jack Russell is also a monster, even though Jack Russell doesn't he doesn't refer to himself as a monster. He doesn't think that he is like he understands. He calls himself human. At least, and he's like, maybe not the human that you're thinking of, but. Yeah, and then he like, I love it how he kind of like. Yeah, he scratches, <laughs> scratches his neck like a dog. <laughs> uh, well, you know, and it, also, uh, I, I know we're jumping around here, but when it came to that, you know, they're locked in the cage and Jack's like, hey, you know, I, there's like five days until the next full moon. He's like, I usually lock myself up during, you know, those events and then I'm I'm all good to go. But I guess the power of the bloodstone after, you know, they free Ted and then um, Elsa's grandmother kind of catches wind of what's going on because that was Jack's plan all along was to free Ted. And then, you know, you have Elsa and Jack locked in this cage together. And it looks like the plan is, you know, Jack turns into a werewolf, but they kind of speed up that process with the bloodstone, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And then I guess kind of, one complaint that I would have overall is I wish we would have seen more of the transformation. That's kind of like a famous thing when it comes to werewolf movies where you kind of see like the the gnarliness of a human turning into a wolf. I do really like the overall end product of what we got for um, Werewolf by Night because it was all practically done. You can tell it was like not CGI. You can tell it was made by hand and I thought it looked great. I'm interested to see what it looks like in color. I feel like it'll look even cooler. That would be cool. It's the... See, I like the werewolf transformation, especially the way that it was shot, because even before we get to that point, a very important part that happens before Jack turns is that he needs to familiarize himself with Elsa's scent. And he's like, hey, don't break eye contact with me. I need to get your scent. I actually didn't know that was the rule for wolves or dogs. I don't know if that's ever been brought up, but that is such a small detail about what I love about this TV special is because, oh, we just think, you know, werewolves, you know, Professor Lupin from Harry Potter and, you know, man wolf and, you know, uh, teen wolf, whatever, whatever, yada, 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 Twilight. But what Twilight did, they did the whole like imprinting thing, which I thought was pretty cool because, but it, it makes sense for some reason. I really like that nice little touch where he's like, Hey, even though I am human, Jack is saying, even though I am human, there is this other side to me. And I mean, it kind of makes sense that his, his uh, senses would be heightened, even if he is not in his werewolf form. So it's kind of like, hey, I need to, you know, grab your scent so I don't hurt you later on. And it's like, you know, it's like it's kind of like an imprinting thing. Which so that was kind of cool. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was pretty, pretty sweet. And then, then carnage starts to ensue. We, we get all the blood or the quote unquote blood, all the bloody kills as well throughout this entire special. 
I loved how they would have like like a arm or a hand or like somebody gets slashed or, or something gets cut off and then they get thrown around and you see blood like flying out of them. Like I thought that and was really on cool. the screen. <laughs> and <Yeah>. on the screen. <laughs> it it's for Harriet's I was I thought Harriet's arm was gone. Cause she like, you know, she shoves like Yeah, the- she got attacked and then it just seemed like it was kind of okay. <laughs> like I guess he was just kind of distracting them. I guess so, but I did not expect that. He was like, mess around and find out. You stick that hand in that cage. And then, and then man, man thing, like, he's kind of like Groot if he was uglier and had insane acid death powers. Like, he's a very interesting character. Apparently, he'll only kill you if he senses it, that you are um, fear, like, have fear. Like, that's why. Hmm. All right, and maybe not kill, but only, I think only that acid comes out when he senses fear. So oh, that's okay. why the acid was was hitting those people hard. That's pretty funny. I, I kind of <laughs> it really was though. But he also kind of reminded me of a dog. You know, when when they're when Elsa and Jack are trying to create a plan for Elsa to get to Bloodstone, and then they're trying to free Ted at the same time, and he's like, "Hey, you know," Jack's like, "When you see Ted." Just treat him like an old friend because yep. it shows how, you know, what their bond is like. And then I the love how Elsa, Elsa's like, Ted. And then he's like, er? he's like, oh, yep. what? She knows my name. What's up? I thought that was pretty funny. But it's just that familiarity there where even though, you know, you have monsters within this universe, they're not all what we paint to be in our heads because Obviously, you have the monster hunters that are trying to establish some type of peace within the world. You know, they have every single monster hunter there going from like 26 kills all the way up to like 100 kills, depending on how many seasons they've been doing this for. And it really just like I wish I would have seen this in a theater because it just gave me like that old school horror picture vibe. It, like it wasn't like hokey or tacky or anything, but it looks like good fun. I wish we would have gotten more of it. That's like another negative as well. That's that's always good when when the main complaint is that you wish it was longer. Like that's always a good sign for a movie. I also really like that they kind of they made you think it was like in the 30s or 40s. They they set everything up, but it is uh, modern day. But yeah. they were just kind of all accustomed to using the old school bloodstone weapons instead of guns and stuff. And especially, like you said, towards the end, as you know, Jack does, um, he does encounter Elsa again um, when he is in his wolf form, but he does not attack her, which which he was hoping because he said it only worked one other time. So they must have some kind of important connection there. Um, And then, you know, he kind of just escapes, runs away after the bloodbath has has ended. And then we things start kind of coming into color. You know, Elsa has the has the um, the bloodstone. She got that bright red jacket. Yeah, I think she has that in the comics as well. I believe so. It's a great character. I'm looking forward to her coming up in possibly Blade or even like the Agatha show we have coming. But there's there's options. I was going to say, like, how, how do you feel about this um, being separate from the MCU or do you think this is somehow connected also do you think this is technically phase four or not 
I don't know about that one, but I do think it will be connected because these are some pretty major characters that they brought in, especially if they wanted to do like a Midnight Suns down the down the line. Like you get Moon Knight, Blade, Werewolf by Night, maybe Elsa, uh, Bloodstone, just kind of teaming up together. It'd be a great team. I think so. And I was trying to figure out, because I was talking to a few people on uh, Twitter spaces and they were asking, was this... Uh, phase four and, and my first response is like of course this is phase four you know that they said that phase four is supposed to end with uh black panther uh wakanda forever but then i got thinking I'm like well it's technically not that connected i mean it could be connected through like you said either midnight suns or even moon Knights or blade in some way shape or form because even the very beginning the monologue where they're talking about oh you know there's the heroes and the light but what about the darkness and it kind of goes into all that creepy stuff, but it's, it's they keep such bringing a, up vampires. Like it's, it's so cool. <laughs> I can't wait for him to show up. Yeah. She, they brought up vampires and she Hulk now, now in this, and they actually brought up vampires previously. I believe it was in um, Thor Ragnarok. They brought yeah. up vampires as well. So I feel like they're, you know, I, we all know that blades kind of in like development struggle right now. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They have a writer, correct? It's being rewritten, um, but I think they're trying to find a new director now. Okay, yeah. And people are saying that they're worried about Blade, and I was like, I'm not really worried because Wakanda Forever went through like some development crap itself. Like They had to rewrite that script like a few times, and we didn't even know if it was going to come out this year. And then Marvel assured us that it's still coming out this year, so... That is, I, I'm not really worried about Blade right now. You know, I think Mahershala Ali is going to kill it. Whoever they get to direct this movie, I'm sure it's going to be someone who's going to hit it home for sure. But um, as we kind of close out here, I guess we'll just get into our final thoughts and our ratings. Uh, so, Devin, what are your final thoughts or do you have any final thoughts about Werewolf by Night? And what would you give it out of 100? Yeah, great entry. Uh, give us more monsters. Keep up the spooky vibes and uh, keep pushing those ratings. Uh, TVMA is it's coming. Uh, MA and uh, rated R as far as Deadpool goes. Like, it's on the horizon. I know that's one thing everyone freaks out about because they think Marvel and Disney wouldn't allow that. But as you can see, we're getting there. It's exciting stuff. Um, I'd give this like an 88 overall. Just thoroughly entertaining. No real problems with it. Uh, only real complaint is that we wish it was longer. Yeah, for me, um, for my rating, I would probably just give it like a, a solid 90. Um, my only two complaints, number one, obviously, like you just said, we wish it was longer. The other thing is that I wish we would have gotten a little bit more backstory or a little bit more time with the other uh, monster hunters. Because, I mean, they were there for sure. You know, they they, they just served more as obstacles. But I would have learned, loved to learn, excuse me, I would have loved to learn uh, who these characters really are. I know they said their names at some point, but I'm blanking on every single one. I, guess, of them. I mean, I guess, I guess they were just kind of thinking they'd get killed off anyways. So that's true. That's very true. But yeah, 90 out of a hundred for me, like I really enjoyed this. Like it's, I kind of want to watch it again, but maybe towards the end of Halloween cooldown mode, after I go through a few other, um, you know, movies and TV shows throughout the month, and also, um, I want to touch on what you were saying about uh, the you know TVMA. I think you know if since this is doing so well as of this recording, 
this could be a really great gateway for Disney for creating more TVMA content because, I mean, when it comes to Daredevil Born Again, I've, I strongly feel like that has to be TVMA. Um, and they kind of understood the same with uh, Deadpool 3 uh, when it comes to, you know, especially with Logan, uh, Hugh Jackman coming back. And I, I really hope that this is more of a starter gateway for more mature content. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Disney. But sometimes I, I want a, something a little bit more up, up to my speed for for us um, for us uh, adult fans out there. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the perfect place for kids. But sometimes I feel like they can hinder a few things. So if they had, you know, give us more of like a mixture of like, like if you look at what's on HBO Max or even like Netflix, like they have like, you know, the kiddiest of kid things. And then they have. You know, things like Stranger Things, Dahmer, um, Midnight Club, which is out this weekend, by the way. Go watch it. Um, and, you know, uh, Haunting of Hill House, Midnight Mass, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I feel like Disney does need to expand their catalog when it comes to that. I kind of understand that, you know, some of that stuff's on Hulu, but that's two separate streaming services right now. I need that to come into like one streaming service. But. With all that said, that pretty much concludes our review of Werewolf by Night. Again, this is streaming now on Disney+. Plus. It's only around 53 minutes altogether, so definitely go watch it. Because if you're like an old school horror fan, you'll love it. You kids, I, I don't know if kids would probably want to see this, but definitely go watch it if you're looking for something to watch um this weekend as of this recording but if you've liked what you heard on today's episode please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a friend whether it be your mother your brother your lover whoever it may be make sure to share an episode of the film optics podcast with a movie lover in need and really quick what is coming out on the podcast actually what's out as of this recording we have our spoiler free review of the midnight club including spoiler free reviews of house of the dragon episodes one through eight almost done we're at the home stretch for that for that seat uh for that series i'm very very sad and then of course um our she-hulk episode one through eight is out on our podcast right now for people to go listen to and what is coming up on deck within the coming weeks outside of She-Hulk and our House of the Dragon coverage. We're going to be covering Halloween Ends, closing out that uh, trilogy and as well as Black Adam that comes out within the next few weeks. I'm very excited for that. So those are just a few things that are coming out on the podcast to look forward to. So with all that said, we hope you guys have a great day. And we'll see you guys next time. And that's a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Devin. My name is Christian. And we'll see you guys at the next full moon.